you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Well, good morning, Church of Hope. My name is Emily, I'm our online pastor, and I am a Gator graduate. Go Gators, we had a good win yesterday, right? And hey, this week I read a story about a fellow Gator grad who was neighbors with an FSU fan. Now, both the FSU fan and the Gator grad had chickens because they like farm fresh eggs. This is a very popular trend with young people right now. So one day, the Gator grad woke up to discover that his chicken had gone to the FSU fan's yard and laid his eggs. So the Gator grad said, okay, all right, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna collect my eggs. So he walks over to his neighbor's yard and as he's going to collect the eggs, the FSU fan runs out of his house and says, excuse me, what do you think you're doing? Those are my eggs, you can't take my eggs. To which the Gator fan says, "Uh, this is my chicken who laid the eggs, so these are my eggs. And the FSU fan said, "Uh, no, this is my yard, so they're my eggs. This continued for several minutes as they argued back and forth. Finally, the Gator grad said, okay, okay, I think I have a solution. I think I have a way that we can fix this problem. What if we each take a turn punching each other as hard as we can in the face. And whoever falls to the ground, well, the person who threw that punch, they get to keep the eggs. So the FSU fan thought about it for a second, and then said, okay, I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. So the Gator fan kind of shrugged his shoulders, loosened up his arms, he pulled his arm back, and he punched the FSU fan square in the nose as hard as he could. Now, the FSU fan kind of staggered back a little bit. Blood was rushing down his face, but he did not fall to the ground. So he said, all right, it's my turn. I'm going to hit this gator grad as hard as I can. So he loosened up his shoulders. He swung his arm back. And just as he was about to punch that gator grad square in the face, the gator grad said, you can keep your lousy eggs. Come on. (laughs) Hey, we get punched in life, right? And nobody saw the punch of 2020 coming. But the reality is that every year we have faced punches. From the woman who's been praying to have a baby, only to have one more negative pregnancy test. To the entrepreneur who put everything into his dream business, blood, sweat, tears, finances, only to have it not take off as he had hoped and planned. To the girl who scrolling on social media and sees that her friends had gone out for a girl's night out on the town and she was left at home uninvited. To receiving that doctor's prognosis that you never saw coming. We get punched in life. And I, I felt these punches. I mean, I'm finding myself in a season that I never anticipated, the punch of singleness. I thought at this point in my life, I'd be married with 2.5 kids, a picket fence, 
probably not a dog because we all know Pastor Mark is afraid of dogs, but I've woken up to a different reality. The punch of life not unpacking how I thought it would. And then in June, I woke up to the punch of a dream trip, a trip to Israel, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, something I had planned for and dreamed about being canceled and not happening. So here in the middle of this summer, as I just felt sucker-punched, I asked God, like, you need to show up. You need to show up and show me how I can stand back up when I get punched in the ring of life. Because I don't want to stay down. I want to get back up and fight, but I, I didn't know how to do it. So he took me straight to his word. If you have your Bible or your digital device, I want to invite you to grab it. As we step into the ring of God's word together, the bell is about to go off in the first round in Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, then leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they, the disciples, went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So here Jesus, he set his disciples up to win. They go out into the ring of life to fight, and we're about to see the first round ending, and the disciples coming back to the corner of the ring and reporting to their trainer Jesus all they had done. So let's pick up in verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So in these few verses, we find the disciples being punched. They are out doing good things, but they become so overwhelmed that they don't even have the chance or the opportunity to eat lunch. I mean, I have found myself in this place so blinded and so overwhelmed by the punches that life is throwing at me that my body physically reacts out of stress, maybe not eating or finding myself gripping the steering wheel or my, my fists are just clenched or I'm gripping my teeth, my, my jaws clenched. We can react out of stress physically. And this is where the disciples are in the corner of the ring. They're exhausted and overwhelmed. They have felt the punch of life. And this is where Jesus invites them to go away with him and rest. Now, initially when I read these verses, I thought, yes, Jesus is inviting them to get on a boat and leave their problems far, far, far behind. So the answer to my solution is getting away from all my problems. 
That's not what Jesus was inviting the disciples to do. As we're going to continue reading in this journey, Jesus wasn't inviting the disciples to go away from their problems. In fact, quite the opposite. He was inviting them to grow through their problems. Let's dive back in the ring in Mark chapter 6, verse 32. So they, the disciples, went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Now when Jesus landed and saw this large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Now, by this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. Jesus, this is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. So send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and the villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he, Jesus, answered them, no, you, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages, Are we really to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked them. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. You see, the disciples had been punched by life. They're exhausted and overwhelmed. And Jesus invites them to get on a boat and grow through their problems. Because what Jesus knew was on the other side of that lake was an opportunity of God-sized proportions. He wanted to do a miracle in and through his disciples. That's why he asked them to grow through the punch of life, not get away from it. But we don't find the disciples growing through it at all. In fact, quite the opposite. They missed the God-sized miracle in front of them on the other side of the lake because they stayed so consumed by the punches right in front of their face. You know, this makes me think of my story again. If I'm so focused on the punch of singleness in front of my face, I'm going to miss out on the God-sized opportunity that's right in front of me, that he's trying to open up my eyes to see, like, Emily, I see the grand picture of your life. I see what's on the other side of the lake. Don't be so focused on the punch you just experienced. Grow through it so I can do something in and through you. So how does this story end? Let's dive back into the ring. Mark chapter 6, verse 39. Then Jesus directed them, the disciples, to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. I find it really interesting in this story that we just read that what the disciples saw as a lack Jesus saw as a surplus. I mean, what in our life do we see as so limiting, such a lack, but Jesus, because he can see the big picture, he can see what's on the other side of the lake, he sees the surplus in and through us. 
So this has me thinking, okay, we get punched in life. The punches are gonna come. We're gonna get sunk or punched. But how do we stand back up and fight to be who God designed us to be? Let's get really practical because Jesus invites us to, to fight in three specific ways. He invites us to fight physically. He invites us to fight spiritually and he invites us to fight relationally. Where do we see this in the story? I'm so glad you asked that question. It's in verse 32, 30 through 32, Mark chapter 6. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. So they're being punched. They're reporting to the trainer in the corner of the ring what's happening. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, and here's his invitation to his disciples and to us, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So let's break this apart practically. Let's discover together how we can fight to be who God designed us to be physically, spiritually, and relationally. And before we dive in, let's break apart a couple yeah buts that are popping up all around the room. I see these thought bubbles. I see them right above your heads. You're gonna say, yeah, but Emily, I don't have time. Yeah, but Emily, that doesn't sound like fun at all. Yeah, but Emily, my friends aren't doing that. That's not popular. Yeah, but Emily, that is not cool. Yeah, but the yeah buts could continue. Here's the reality. If you want to stand up and fight in the middle of the ring of life when you've been punched, we got to ditch the yeah buts and we have to lean into the uncomfortable stuff sometimes. We have to say no to things that are good in order to say yes to the things that are the very best. So as we dive into this, is Netflix bad? Is hanging out with your friends bad? Is a bowl of ice cream or a pumpkin spice latte bad? No, those are good things. But sometimes we gotta say no to those good things in order to say yes to standing up and fighting to be who God designed us to be. So how can we fight physically? First, we have to sleep. Are you getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night? All right, there's that yeah but bubble. I saw it popping up above your head. You're saying, Emily, I don't have time to sleep. Okay, I hear you. Watching that show on Netflix at 10 p.m., might be a good option. That might be a fun way to turn your brain off and have some fun after a long day at work. But is it the best option? You know, we might need to say no to something that's good in order to say yes to what's best for our body the next morning when we wake up kind of tired. And scientifically, the only way to recharge and refuel this body is through sleep. There is no other way around it. So are you sleeping seven to eight hours every single night? Next, are you drinking the water? Nine times out of 10, when I find myself tired, especially around that 3 p.m. time, it's because I haven't drank enough water that day. I've been drinking too many pumpkin spice lattes. You have to drink the water. Now, I'm not always so good about tracking water, so I decided to make it easy on myself. Standing up and being a warrior doesn't mean you need to make it harder than it is. Sometimes our next step is actually really easy. We just need to do it. So what I've done is I actually have a gallon of water that I carry with me everywhere. My coworkers make fun of me, but I have a gallon of water on my desk, and by the end of the day, if that thing is empty, I know I have crushed my water goal. Super simple way to practically stand up and fight back when the punches of life 
come your way. Next, let's talk about food. I've already mentioned my love for pumpkin spice lattes. They are really good, and it is fall, but too many of those aren't good for me, and they don't help me refuel my body. You've got to refuel with the right nutrients, vegetables, fruits, the stuff that's going to fuel you to get back up and keep fighting when life tries to knock you down. Last, how can we fight physically through exercise? There was that thought bubble again. I saw it. Emily, I don't like to sweat. I hear you. I understand. But do you want to be a warrior? When the punches of life come your way, do you want to stand back up and keep going? If you do, you got to put that yeah but aside and move your body. Get up and exercise. So we're fighting physically. We're going to bed. We're drinking water. We are eating food that fuels our body. We're working out. How can we now fight spiritually. You see, Jesus invited his disciples to go off with him. In the middle of any boxing match, there comes a time in between rounds when the fighter, the boxer, they go to the corner of the ring. It's right there that the trainer pops up. They get in the fighter's face. And here's what's really cool about this. See, the boxer, that fighter, they only have a limited perspective. They only are seeing the punches that are coming right in front of their face. But that trainer, they've got the whole picture in view. He can see everything that's happening all around the ring. So when he gets up and he's coaching and equipping and mentoring his fighter, he's helping him see the big picture and how he can step back in to the ring for the next round. This is what I see in my time with Jesus every single day. You see, every day is a brand new round in this thing called life. And the only way I can step in and fight to win and not get knocked out is by beginning my day in the corner of the ring with my trainer, Jesus. You see, he sees the big picture of my life. I only see my limited perspective, but he sees it all. So when I ground and root myself in his word, when I talk to him, when I then listen, when I worship him and apply it to my life, I then can stand up and I am ready to go back out into the ring for a new round that day. So where is your corner of the ring with Jesus? How are you grounding yourself in his word so you can step back out in the fight of life? Third, how can we fight relationally? You know, initially when I read this passage in Mark 6, I thought of it as alone time. You see, Jesus invited his disciples to get on the boat and go to a place alone with him. So I thought, alone. But when we think about the mechanics of this story, they all got in the boat together. So here's the thing. When life punches you and it's going to punch you, don't isolate in the middle of the punch. Who are you bringing around you that's going to speak life into you, that's going to encourage you to stand back up and keep fighting, and who's going to hold you accountable? Here at Church of Hope, we experience that in what we call small groups. It's a smaller group of people that we do life with. We meet with every single week. We open up God's word. We encourage each other to get back out in the ring of life. If you're not in a small group, today's your day to connect in one. That digital connect card that Pastor Mark showed us earlier, you can grab your phone out right now and sign up to get plugged into a small group. Open up your text messages and text that word, hope in Ocala, to the number 63566. 
And we'll get you connected in a group, a group of people that you can then begin to stand back up and fight relationally with to be who God designed you to be. Now, some would define the punch of 2020 as a knockout punch. But here's the truth. Every single year, people have experienced knockout punches. I mean, in 2017, when that woman heard the diagnosis, cancer, that felt like her knockout punch. In 2014, when that husband received divorce papers from his wife, she said, I don't want to be with you anymore. That felt like his knockout punch. In 2000, when the family who had saved everything for their home lost it all in a foreclosure, that felt like their knockout punch. And in 2015, when those parents woke up to that phone call that their teenage son had been killed in a drunk driving accident, that felt like their knockout punch. For some of us, the knockout punch might be coming in 2021. And how we prepare today in September 2020 is what's going to set us up to win as we stand back up when that knockout punch comes. Because here's the thing, it's going to come. And Jesus tells us to not be surprised by that. Check back out his word in James chapter 1. James 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Not if you face trials of many kinds, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, Jesus tells us that punches are going to come in life. It's how we choose to stand back up when we're punched in the middle of the ring and fight back. How we choose to fight back physically. How we choose to fight back spiritually. And how we choose to fight back relationally. That makes the game-changing difference in how we get to be who God designed us to be. So Christ followers in the room, Christ followers online, what's your next step? What is the one thing that you're going to take today, this 27th day in September 2020, and you're going to apply it to your journey? Maybe you've already experienced the knockout punch. Maybe it's coming tomorrow. But how are you going to stand up today and fight? Maybe you just need to turn off Netflix and go to bed a little earlier tonight. Maybe you need to order one less pumpkin spice latte and drink a cup of water. Maybe you need to get plugged into a small group and invite people around you to help you fight relationally. Maybe you need to have some time in the corner of your ring grounding yourself with Jesus before you step into the round of a new day. But what step will you take and how will you apply this to your life for when the punches come? For some of us in this room, maybe you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus yet. Today is your day. You see, God loved us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to earth to take the ultimate knockout punch for us. You see, he died a brutal death on the cross and crucifixion. And he was buried right when the devil thought he was going to be completely down for the count. The last timer was going off. Jesus rose again on the third day. You see, death couldn't keep Jesus down. And because it couldn't keep him down, we can come back from anything too. 
So if you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, today's the day to make him your trainer in the corner of your ring so you can get back up when the punches of life come. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And if that's you, I'm going to invite you to pray with me and begin that relationship with him today. Would you pray with me? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. For those who have never begun a relationship with Jesus, right now I want to invite you to pray with me in your heart right where you are, here in this room, those online. Jesus, thank you for coming and taking the ultimate knockout punch for me. God, thank you for loving me so much that you took my sin and my shame so I can stand back up and fight. God, I ask you to come and be the trainer, the Lord and the Savior of my life. I trust in you. If you just prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. This is the most important decision you will ever make. And I would love to connect with you this week, connecting with you and equipping you with some resources as the punches of life come. Shoot me an email, emily at hopeinocala.com and I'll connect with you this week. God, for the rest of us, we're here in the punches of life. Ha, they're coming. We have felt them, God, and they, we know they're in front of us. And God, I ask that you do that James chapter one work in and through us, that we don't give up, but we let perseverance finish, finish its work in us. God, help each and every one of us to identify one way we can stand up and fight, how we can fight physically, how we can fight spiritually, and God, how we can fight relationally to be who you made us to be. God, thank you for the truth that you are in us, you are with us, and you are for us. And with you, God, no punch can take us out. We sure do love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Whatever punches come your way, you can stand back up and fight. Hey, we are so excited you gathered with us today. We can't wait to gather with you again next Sunday at 9 or 10.30 a.m. Peace.